Hallelujah, and thank you guys for tuning in with us online. If you're just logging in, uh, welcome this, this morning to New Life Church. We're having a great Sunday today. Today is the first Sunday of the month, so first Sunday of the month, we always do communion, so we just um, had an awesome time in worship and in communion, and we hope you guys are having a great day, and hope you also enjoy that one hour extra sleep that you received this morning. I saw some people walk into church at 9 o'clock. Y'all thought y'all was early. I said, oh, goodness, they showing up early today. I'm just joking, but hope everybody set the clocks an hour back and that you had a, enjoyed your extra hour of sleep. I know I did. It was great. But, uh, man, we uh, excited to be here today. A lot of exciting things happening here in the church. And uh, on December 18th, we will have our Songs of Christmas concert. We're going to sing some Christmas songs, some favorites. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be on a, that's a Saturday. So mark your calendars for that. You, you uh, tune in with us. Mark your calendars for that December 18th. I know it's a month away, but you need to prepare in advance because you're going to have so many Christmas parties and things going on. You don't want to forget that. But uh, this is week three. We're in, uh, this is the last week of our sermon series called So. Y'all say so. So. Week three of So. The first week uh, we talked about Stand. You have to stand. Stand on the word of God. Stand against the attacks of the enemy. And uh, we this uh, two Wednesdays ago for prayer, we said, you know, what? we're going to stand on the word of God. So we took some time and we took some scriptures and we began to uh, pray through scriptures on healing, on uh, different areas, on, on our family members being saved, on blessing, on uh, faith. There are so many different things, so many scriptures that we just said, we're going to read through some scriptures and we're going to stand on the word of God. And we have to make a stand against the enemy, against all the attacks. We have to stand. And also last week we talked about endurance, where you need endurance for the race. God has set before each and every one of us a race. And Paul said, I have finished my race, so I have completed my race. And he was awaiting the prize that the crown of righteousness that only Jesus can give. But Paul, he was excited about that, but he needed endurance, endurance for the race. And we talked about that last week, and today is the final week. And once you stand, once you endure, you come to the final thing, and that's that W. I know some of y'all waiting. What does the W stand for? The W stands for win. We win. That's right. We win. Yes. <laughs> We win. And all this, what I'm talking about, you may not even recognize this, but what we're talking about is spiritual warfare. When you stand, when you endure, you position yourself to win. And all the things that we've talked about is spiritual warfare. You say, well, how, what is spiritual warfare? Spiritual warfare isn't you just in the room by yourself screaming, walking back and forth like a crazy person praying in tongues. Now, you can pray like that, but that's not spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is when you say, you know what, I'm going to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Enemy, I recognize your attacks, and I will, uh, I will combat everything that you do. I will be on the offensive. I'm not just going to stand back and take it. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to see some people saved. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I know what the diagnosis may say. I know what my bank account may say, but I stand on the word of God. I stand on the promises of God, and I'm going to endure all this testing. I'm going to endure because I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to endure everything that God has for me, and I will win. That's spiritual warfare. 
But we don't look at it like that sometimes. But that's really what it is. And that's all we've been preparing you for and just teaching you today. And, and let me tell you, it's been a trying three weeks for me. All the things that I've been preaching, I'm telling you, the enemy has been attacking my body physically. And I've been walking through some, some, uh, some issues in my body. And I'm just believing, I'm standing on the word of God, that the word of God says that, God, if you heal me, I am truly healed. And I've been standing on that scripture, and I've been standing on the word of God. I'm not just preaching this to you. This is stuff that I'm walking out myself, amen, amen. because I want to win. Yeah. And today we're talking about how to win. And when I was thinking about what characters in the Bible can we highlight that they won, that overwhelming they won. And it's two people we're going to highlight today, and we're going to get into it in a second. But let's open up in prayer. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. For your presence is so tangible in the room right now. I thank you for a heart of expectancy right now that everyone is, is expectant to receive from you. Open up our spiritual eyes and ears to hear from you right now. I bind any hindrances of disturbance of the enemy that will try to distract what you're trying to do today. Give me a, the strength and the anointing to preach your word with boldness and with clarity today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 When? Y'all say when. When you stand, when you endure, you position yourself to win. And as I mentioned, there's two people we're going to highlight today that they had to stand, they had to endure, and because so, they positioned themselves to win. And the first person we're going to highlight is Joseph. Joseph, man, you can literally preach about Joseph for months at a time every Sunday and get something new about his story. There was so much to unpack about the life of Joseph, but we're going to start with Brother Joseph. Y'all say Brother Joseph. Brother Joseph was a winner. He won. Amen? Let's turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. So as you know, Joseph, he had some brothers, and his brothers, well, instead of, I'll just pick it up here. We'll just read together. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. It's on the screen. If you're watching online, Genesis chapter 37, I'm reading out of the NLT. It says, one night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Just because Joseph had his dream, it says his brothers hated him more than ever because his brothers felt like he was the favorite. His dad, his mom, Joseph is the favorite. Everybody loves Joseph. And then here comes Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream, and, he took, and now they hate Joseph even more. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field trying, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bow low before me. Verse 10. This time he told the dream to his father as well to his brothers, but his father scolded him. Now his dad is upset. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So even in the midst of his dad being upset with Joseph, 
he still was like, what does those dreams really mean? There was a curiosity about Joseph's dream. But there was a certain things about Joseph that I recognized that Joseph positioned himself to win. And these are three things that if we individually do these three things, we will position ourselves to win. And when I use this word win, I'm not just talking about financially or whatever. I'm talking about how you win in the sight of God, how you win in the kingdom of God. How do you find purpose? How you accomplish the things that God has for you? If you position yourself the same way that Joseph did, you will win big, big in the eyes of God. You will win big in the kingdom of God. That's what I want you to get today. How do you win big for the kingdom of God? And this is how Joseph won big. The first thing that caused Joseph to win big, Joseph won big. You can write this down. And also notes are online on the app. You can follow along. You could go back later and look at those. You could download our app. The notes will be there for you. The one, Joseph won big because he stood on a dream for God. That's the first thing. This is the first thing that caused Joseph to win. Joseph won big because he stood on a dream from God. God gave Joseph two dreams, but he didn't tell him all that he would have to endure to see those dreams come to pass. Isn't that just like God, that God will give you a dream or he'll give you multiple dreams and he'll show you what your future would behold or what promises he has for you. But you know what God neglects to tell you? What you have to walk through to get to those dreams. So as we see, Joseph was so excited about his dreams that he wanted to run and share and tell everybody, which is great. But that's also a caution. Maybe sometimes the dreams that God gives you is not for you to share with everyone, but it's for you to hold into your heart until God gives you a release to release those things out. But we can use that as a warning. Not everything that God shows you is for you to tell everyone. It could be with something that God is trying to speak to you directly and say, I'm speaking to you. This is not necessarily for everyone else. Because Joseph's dreams caused not only his brothers, but his dad to become jealous at him. But the thing is, is that Joseph won because he held on to the dream of God. And God gave him the dream, but he didn't tell Joseph everything that we have to walk through. Now, what if God gave you a dream and then he told you, oh, by the way, let me give you a list of things you're going to have to walk through before that dream comes to pass. Do you think you will want that dream? Some of those things that God will show you, like, you know what? I don't even know if it's worth it, God. I don't even know if it's worth it. But Joseph said, you know what? He won because he held on to the dream in spite of what he had to walk through. He had to hold on to the dream when things got difficult. So many times when things get difficult and we receive a promise or a dream from God, when things get difficult, we say, God, I don't want this dream. I want another dream. God, I don't want this promise. Give me another promise because I didn't know I was going to have to endure all this. But in the midst of all that, Joseph said, you know what? And we're going to talk more about his story. But the first thing that Joseph was a winner because he held on to a dream. What are some of the dreams that God has given you? What are some of the promises that God has given you? Some that you remember, some you don't. That's why I encourage you, if God gives you a dream or a promise, write it down. Write it down so you can always go back. And it's always good to go back to what God has spoken to you so you can say, man, I remember when God spoke to me. Now I'm walking in the fullness of what God spoke to me 10 years ago. I'm walking in the fullness of what God spoke to me last year or six months ago. But it's important that when you walk through difficulties and trials that you have to have a dream or a promise to hold on to. And because Joseph uh, held on to his dream, Joseph won. That's the first thing. Joseph won because he stood on a dream from God. The second thing, why did Joseph win? You can write this down. Joseph won because he persevered. 
Joseph won because he persevered. Not only did he have a dream of God and he stood on that dream, but when he started walking in that dream, and, and, the, and the, he didn't even know he was walking in the dream, but he, when he started to walk through some issues, he had to persevere. And what did Joseph have to persevere? He had to persevere his brothers plotting to kill him. And then I'm saying, you know what? Let's not kill him. That's our brother. Let's just sell him into slavery. So your brothers, your blood brothers, first they're plotting to kill you. They see you coming down the road. As you, as you read in Genesis, it says they see Joseph coming in the distance. And they say, oh, here comes that dreamer. And then they plot to kill him. But then they say, you know what? One brother says, oh, Lord, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him to, let's just sell him in slavery. Well, that's not even better anyway. But Joseph had to persevere some things. I'm pretty sure if God told Joseph, hey, by the way, I'm giving you these dreams, but your brother's going to sell you to slavery. He would be like, God, why would my brothers betray me? I'm pretty sure there would have been a million questions Joseph would have had, just like we would have as well, if God would tell us things along the way. But this is something that you're going to have to do if you want to see the dreams fulfilled. You're going to have to persevere. There's going to be some things that you're going to walk through that you're going to have to persevere. What else did Joseph have to persevere? He had to persevere Potiphar's wife lying on him and causing him to go to prison even though he was innocent. Joseph ran from Potiphar. He said, how can I, Potiphar's wife, he said, how can I betray my master? He's given me all these, these resources. He's given me this, this position and title. How can I betray him by being with you, his wife? But she became angry with Joseph and she lied on him, which caused him to go to prison. Joseph had to persevere through that. I'm pretty sure Joseph like, God, I know you're with me. I know you're speaking to me. How did I get here in prison? I'm just trying to fulfill my dreams that you have for me. And now you throw me in prison? But the word says that God was faithful with Joseph even in prison. The word says that God was faithful with Joseph everything and everywhere that he went. In every situation, God was with him. So what that lets us know is this, is that no matter what you walk through, God is with you. If you feel like you're in a prison, guess what? God is faithful to be there right with you in the prison. Whatever you walk through, persevere. Don't give up on your dreams. Oh, it's so hard. You don't know what I'm going through. I know it's difficult. Persevere. Persevere. Don't give up. You watching online, don't give up. What else did Joseph have to persevere? He had to persevere the chief cupbearer forgetting about him for two years. So he interprets two dreams. He tells the chief, cup, the chief cupbearer what the dream means, and then the chief cupbearer, he goes out and he tells Pharaoh, and then, but Joseph says, hey, don't forget me when you go in front of Pharaoh. And guess what he did? He forgot about Joseph. And it wasn't until two years later, the chief cupbearer said, oh, I'm sorry, forgive me. I forgot about dear brother Joseph. He told me he is the one that interpreted the dream that, that he gave me. And it wasn't until two years later, that Joseph spent another two years in prison. I'm pretty sure every day he woke, I know the cupbearer told uh, Pharaoh about me. Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Something else he had to persevere. And sometimes you feel like that as well. God, how many more disappointments am I going to face? How many setbacks? How many more betrayals? How many people going to leave me? How much I got to walk through, God? When is enough enough? Persevere. You want to do something awesome for God? You're going to have to learn how to persevere. You're going to have to learn how not to give up. When you're going to have to persevere through some things that might not seem fair or in your favor, but you have to persevere to see the dreams and promises of God come to pass. I remember 
when I first felt a call to ministry. I did not know what it looked like. I couldn't tell you what it meant. I just knew that there was something that God placed in my heart that it was like, I want to do ministry at a high level. But I didn't know that God was going to put someone in my way that was trying to discourage me at every step of the way. There was this one God that it was his life mission that I feel like sent by the enemy to try to discourage me every time that I would speak on what I felt God was doing in my heart. And the crazy part was I wasn't even asking him to open the door for me. I was just sharing my heart because he was a leader. But every, I don't see how that's going to happen. I, I, just don't, I just don't see how that's going to happen. You, you, really, you're just going to have to go somewhere else because here at this church, there's no room for you to do that. That's what he would tell me. And this went on for years. And, I'll, and there's so many things I could tell you, but I'm not even going to get into. But just know that I had to persevere. There are some things you're going to have to do. If you, when you make a declaration, you say, God, I want to do something for you, there's going to be some things you're going to have to persevere. There's going to be some forgiveness issues you're going to have to overcome. There's going to be some bitterness issues that you're going to say, you know what, I got to get over this bitterness. This anger inside of me, I got to let it go. And once you get to the place where you allow the Lord to deal with you and those things, and you say, you know what, I'm going to persevere these things, now you're positioning yourself to win. Joseph won because he persevered. Not only did he hold on to God's dream, but he persevered through all the things that he walked through. This is the third thing. Joseph won because God built his character. He won because God built his character. All the things that Joseph had to persevere was the Lord's work in building his character. So what that lets me know is that all the things that I walked through and all the things that you walked through until it's time for the Lord to fulfill your dreams is to build your character. But we don't like that. And we don't like preachers to preach about that. The Lord is going to build your character. Oh, we don't want to hear that. I know I don't. I know when there's things that Lord's trying to do with my heart and deal with my character, it's painful. Mario, that attitude, that's wrong. You need to change that. Well, why, God? Why, God? That's what I'm talking about right there. That just that response that you just gave me lets me know I'm trying to work something in your character. And when God gets to speak to me like that, I'm like, man, I got to walk through something else now. Like, God, what, what else are you trying to do? What is he trying to do? He's trying to build my character. And God is not going to give you a dream until he can trust you with the character to handle the dream. Because if God gave you something true, too premature, it will crush you. The weight of it, the responsibility of it, the magnitude of it, it would crush you if your character can't handle it. There are so many examples of ministries and pastors and leaders that have crushed under the pressure. And it's not really pressure. It's the pressure that they didn't build their character. They didn't allow the Lord to build their character. They didn't allow the Lord to, 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 to walk them through situations and say, you know what, God, instead of getting bitter, I'm going to forgive. Instead of trying to get revenge, I'm just going to let it go, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. Psalms chapter 105, verse 19. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And did he ever test his character? He tested his character. God gives dreams, but it's up to us to respond by standing and enduring through difficult times. God is trying to change your mindsets, wrong beliefs, wrong perspectives, wrong attitudes, and so many things to perfect 
your character. Does this mean that you will be perfect? No. But what he's trying to do is draw you and make him closer to the image of him. And he does that by perfecting your character. You say, well, what, what, how's God trying to perfect my character? He's trying to perfect the words that come out of your mouth when you get angry and upset. Those attitudes, the wrong mindsets and beliefs. He's trying to perfect your character so he can say, now that you've allowed me to work on your character and you persevered, now I can start positioning you to receive the dreams and the promises that I have for you because now your character can handle it. But the longer that you resist your character being built by the Lord, the longer you will be waiting to receive your dreams and promises. So it's better to just yield to the Lord building your character than try to resist it and run from it. Because the more you run from it, it's just going to come up to you. It's not going to change. God's just going to send another test your way or another set of things your way that says, okay, you didn't want to go through it that way, so let's try to go through it this way. And you keep saying, God, why do you keep doing this? It's like, I'm not trying to do anything. It's when will, you resist, when will you yield to the work that I'm trying to do inside of you? Joseph won because God built his character. Genesis chapter 45, verse 3. It says, I am Joseph, he said. And, and at this point, now Pharaoh has made Joseph the number two. He's in charge over everything. Pharaoh doesn't have to worry about anything. Joseph is the right-hand man, number two in all of the land. And this is said, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. All those years, Joseph didn't forget. I'm your brother who you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famished has ravished the land for two years and will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Verse 7, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. So the Lord was orchestrating all this to begin with. He just used his brothers to get Joseph through it. Joseph's brothers were the plan of God, was a part of God's plan all along. So that's why you can't try to figure out God's plan because it would never make sense. Now you say, well, God, why couldn't you just go ahead and just march Joseph up? To Pharaoh number two, instead of him going, he's like, no, because I had to walk him through that process to trust him, to break some things, to build his character, to see that if he will stand on the promises, to see that if he will persevere and let me build his character, now I can trust him for the dreams that I have for him. Yeah. That's why Joseph won, because he stood on the dreams of God. He persevered through all the things, even though things that didn't seem fair, and they didn't, they weren't fair. He persevered. And because of that, he allowed the Lord to build his character, and Joseph won. He won. Joseph won. Y'all say, Joseph won. Joseph won. That's the first person. Second person we're going to talk about today that won, and this is my favorite one, is Ruth. You talk about a person that won, Ruth won. She won. And Ruth chapter 1, and if you don't know the story of Ruth, I'm pretty sure everybody does, but if you don't, go back and read the chapter of Ruth. Not the chapter, but the book of Ruth. I'm telling you, it will bless you. Ruth chapter 1, 
verse 14. We're going to pick up here. So let me give you a little backstory. I'm sorry. So Ruth and Orpah were married to Naomi's sons. Naomi and her husband, they moved to another land, and Naomi's husband died, and then the two sons died. So now it's just the three ladies together. And now they get to the point where they have to make a decision. Naomi's like, I'm going back to my homeland. You two, you need to go back to your homeland. And that's where we pick up here. So in Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, and again they wept together, and Orpah, not Oprah, Oprah, but Orpah, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. To Orpah, she kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and I will be buried, and I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Verse 18, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So I'm going to give you three things why Ruth won. So we talked about how Joseph won, and I'm telling you, you do those things that Joseph did, you're going to win. You do these three things that Ruth did, I guarantee you you're going to win. First thing that Ruth did that caused her to win, Ruth won because of her submission. Ruth won because of her submission. Ruth remained loyal and submitted to Naomi because she was submitted to her, even though she didn't see hope for her future. Now, I want you to realize what's going on here. Not only did Naomi's husband die, but Ruth's husband died as well. Naomi, at this point, if you read on, Naomi feels like God, she's blaming God. She's bitter at God. She's mad at God. She's not a nice person to be around because she's like, God, you took my husband and my son. So what, what did I do to deserve all this? She's in, a, she's in a bad place. But Naomi said, I'm sorry, Ruth said, you know what? I'm going to be submitted to you. Even though there, you have no hope, I know that by me being connected to you, I will eventually find hope. But sometimes what we do is we don't want to be submitted to something because I don't see hope there. Sometimes you just need to hold on long enough until you find hope. But Ruth was so loyal to Naomi, she said, I'm going to submit to you even though you don't see hope. But I know hope is inside of you, and I'm going to cling to you. And she submitted to her. And because of her submission, Ruth won because she was submitted. There was no way for Ruth to know what the future would hold with Naomi, but she made that decision to submit. She said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That's all I know. That's all the hope I need. And that's what she ran with. And when, we make, when you make a decision to be submitted to God no matter what, you, no matter what, I'm sorry, you make a decision to be submitted to God no matter if you have hope for your future or not. When you do this, you're setting yourself up to win. So when you submit to God, you are setting yourself up to win. You say, well, I don't see any hope for my future. It doesn't matter. When you submit to God, (coughs) excuse me, whether you see it or not, you're setting yourself up to win. And, And people think that word submission is a bad thing. 
Submission is not a bad thing. If you break down submission, what it means is I'm coming under a mission. All I'm doing, submission means I'm coming under a mission. So when you submit to God, what you're saying is, God, I come under the mission that you have for my life. That's what submission is. But people think, oh, I got to submit. That means that you got to try to control me. That's not what submission means. I know people abuse that, but that's not what I'm talking about. All submission means is I'm coming under a mission. And when you say, God, I submit to the mission that you have for my life, now you're setting yourself up to win. That's what Ruth did. She said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I'm coming under that mission. Let's go on down the road. She positioned herself. So what, do you, what does this mean for us? This means that you have to come under the mission of God for your life. What are the plans that calling that God has placed in your life? I don't know what they are, but you do. Come under God's submission. Come under his mission for your life. Come under the mission for your family. What, what is the mission for your family? You say, I don't have one. Well, you need to come up with one. What is the mission for your family? What does your family represent? Come under the mission of your family. Come under the mission of a local church. I'm telling you, tomorrow and I, at our church back home at Bethany, we made a decision in our heart that we're going to come under or submit to the mission of the house. We're standing here because of submission to that house over there. I can't tell you, I'm, for, I'm eternally blessed because I made a decision to submit to the mission of a local church. When you come under the submission, not only to God, but of a local church, there's protection there. Even when you don't see it, there's protection there. There's security there. There's purpose there. And if you ever lack any of those things, you have to ask yourself, first of all, have I come under the submission of God? But secondly, have I come under the submission of a local church? Because when you come under the submission of a local church, you find purpose. You get involved in what's going on. You get involved. You say, you know what? Now I find purpose. I've never felt like this before. What is that? It's because you came under, you came under a mission. God has called each and every one of us to come under a mission. The cool thing is he gives it up to us to decide where you want to do that at. It's your choice. It's nobody's choice but yours. But when you say, I'll make a decision to come under that mission, guess what? There's things that you will walk through and experience that you would never have before. There's people that you would meet that you would never meet before, all because you decided to come under a mission. Ruth won because she was submitted. Her submission. That's the first thing. That's the first reason why she won. Let's pick up in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it, Naomi replied. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Verse 4, while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? So Brother Boaz, he was inquiring because he saw a sister over there in the fields that he had never saw before. So what is this? So Ruth won because of her submission. 
The second thing that Ruth won was she won because of her work ethic. She won because of her work ethic. You see, Ruth could have just been just like Naomi and just got mad at God and complained and mumbled. But after we read that they said, after Naomi said she questioned uh, Ruth no more and they went on the way, the next thing we read about Ruth is, I'm going out into the fields where the harvesters are. Meaning that I'm going to work. And not only was she going to work, she was going to work for purpose. When you begin to find purpose and you work hard at it, guess what? You position yourself to win. There are so many things that you can work hard at, but the biggest thing you need to work hard at is purpose. And when I say purpose, I'm talking about purpose in God. Nothing will satisfy you than accomplishing the purposes that God has for your life. What does that take? That takes a strong work ethic. All Ruth did was say, I'm going into the harvest fields because I need to work. I need to find purpose. I need to do something to find purpose. And because she had that work ethic, she positioned herself for Boaz to recognize her. Didn't even know that she was going to meet a man working hard. But that's what she did. Because she said, I'm going to work hard, she positioned herself for Boaz to recognize her because she worked hard. Ruth didn't allow her current situation to deter her from working hard. The best thing you can do when you feel like you have no hope for your future is to find purpose and work hard at it. So many people, I'm just discouraged. I don't know what to do with my life. Well, I do. Find some purpose and work hard at it. The reason you feel discouraged is because you have no purpose. The reason that you feel unfulfilled, you don't have any purpose. But when you find purpose and you start working hard at it, I'm telling you, you will feel a life that's so fulfilled that you're like, I can't even believe life could be this great. But until you work hard at purpose, you'll never experience that. Ruth said, I got to find some purpose. I'm, I know I lost my husband. I love my, my sister-in-law is gone. My mother-in-law is going crazy. She over here mad at God. But I need to find some purpose. And Ruth said, I know I don't have hope for my future, but I'm going to work. Yeah. And she found some purpose. Yeah. And when she found purpose, it unlocked her future. Yeah. You want to unlock your future? Work, get to work. <laughs> find some purpose. Get to work. Ruth won because of her work ethic. Yeah. She found purpose. You know what tomorrow and I are busy doing? We work in that purpose. Everything we do here at New Life is not to try to impress anyone. We're doing this because we want to do the purposes that God has placed in our heart. And not only that, we want opportunities for other people to come along and find the purposes that God has placed in their heart. And all we're doing is creating opportunities for people to, people to come along to purpose and say, you know what? I didn't know worshiping God could be like this. I didn't know serving God could be this fun. Serving God is fun, y'all. It ain't boring. It's, it's a lot of fun serving God. It's not boring. It's not, oh, I got to go to church again. I'm excited when I go to church because there's purpose there. But until you discover purpose and you get into it, you'll never be fulfilled. It'll never be exciting to you. It'll always seem boring. It'll always feel like, well, I guess I'll go try something else. Why? Because you hadn't tapped into purpose. She won because of her work ethic. This is the third thing she won at. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Do, all that, do, do as I tell you. 
take a bath and put on perfume and that red dress in your, nice, in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down and go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do, and I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. So the third thing that caused Ruth to win, Ruth won because she was obedient. She was obedient. It was her obedience. Ruth's obedience positioned herself again to encounter Boaz in an intimate way. It was her obedience. First, it was her submission. Then it was her worth ethic. Now, because she did all those things, she positioned herself even further and greater because of her obedience. And this is where it gets good, y'all. You will never be obedient to God if you don't fully submit to him. Ruth could not have looked, Ruth could have looked at Naomi crazy and said, what in the world are you trying to get me to do to this man? You trying to set me up. You trying to get me kicked out of the fields. You want me to take a bath and put on perfumes and put on nice clothes and go lay at this man's feet at his house? What if th this man could, he might, what you, what, Ruth, Naomi, what you doing? <laughs> but she said, I will follow your instructions. I will do as you say. And because of her obedience, Boaz, he woke up. He was like, whoa, what's going on? He woke up out of his sleep. Man, who's down here at my feet? What's going on? But then when he realized that it was Ruth, he said, okay, in the morning, I'm going to go down. I'm going to take care of some business because I got to make this happen. Because he realized my bride is here. But it all happened because of her obedience to Naomi. When she became obedient to Naomi, it unlocked the potential that she would. And this is where it gets good, y'all. I'm telling you. Because of her obedience, it unlocked a lineage that she could never dream or imagine. Something died. She received something greater on the other end. She received something so much greater on the other end. And when you look down and you keep reading in the story, you realize, of course, eventually Ruth and Boaz, they do marry. But guess what happened out of their union? They bore a son. You know what his name was? Obed. You know who Obed bore a son name? Jesse. You know who Jesse bore a son name? David. You know who lineage David, uh, Jesus came from? The lineage of David. All those things Ruth did because she was submitted, because she, per, uh, not persevered, but because uh, she, um, her work ethic, and because she was obedient, the lineage of Jesus came through that one woman. Something greater that she could have never dreamed of in her life. But the lineage of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, came through one woman because of those things she did. And that's why Ruth won. That's why Ruth won. Think about that. The lineage of Jesus Christ came through that woman because of those three things that she did. Those three things. That's why it's so important that you have to do those things. But I want to take it back a step further. Let's go back in the story. I want to show you the flip side of what happens when you're not submitted. When you don't, help me out, work ethic, when you don't have a work ethic, and you're not obedient. Remember, at the beginning of the story we read about Ruth, we read about Orpah. It says that Orpah, she hung to Naomi. She kissed her goodbye. And in verse 15, it says, look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her God and her people. 
we never read about Orpah again in the Bible. But if you do some research, you find out a lot about Orpah. Some of you probably know this. And if you don't, this is going to blow your mind. I want to tell you, show you the different paths that can happen when you don't submit, when you don't have a work ethic, and you're not obedient. We see what happened, Ruth won. Orpah lost. You know why she lost? It says that on her way back home, she encountered an army, and she sold herself to that army. And out of that army, she bore four sons. Four sons who were Philistine giants. You know who one of those giants was? Goliath. One of the sons that Orpah birthed was Goliath. Who killed the Goliath? David. So that wasn't the last time that Orpah and Ruth's paths crossed. The same giant that mocked and cursed God, who, that every day he came and taunted the Lord's army, to every day terrifying the army until one little teenage boy, David, said, who is this uh, uncircumcised Philistine that mocks my God, that curses my God? And he came out and he slayed the head of the dragon. Guess who that came from? That came from the lineage of Ruth. David came from the lineage of Ruth. She won. Oprah, she birthed a Goliath. All because she didn't do the things that Ruth did. Now you tell me which path you want to take. Which lineage, which legacy do you want to leave behind? Ruth did all those things, and she won. Ruth won, y'all. She was submitted, she had a work ethic, and she was obedient. Y'all want to win? Do the same thing that Joseph did. Joseph held on to God's dream. He persevered through difficulties. He says, I'm not going to give up. And he allowed the Lord to build his character. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's how you win. That's how you win. And I want everybody to win. Amen. Amen. I want everyone just to lift your hands. Let's just pray. You watching online, you can lift your hands and pray as well. Lord, I thank you for everyone with their hands lifted high today. I thank you that a spirit of victory is coming over us tonight or this morning. I thank you right now that victory, I bind defeat any area of in our lives and our heart and our mind that have been overcome with defeat, Lord God, and discouragement. I speak life over those areas right now. I thank you that overwhelming victory is ours. I thank you, Lord God, that you're teaching us to stand. Lord, that we would stand against opposition, stand against every attack of the enemy, that we would stand in times of testing, that, Lord God, we would stand on your word. I thank you, Lord God, that we would not shrink back, but we would stand. I thank you that you're giving us endurance, Lord God, endurance for the race, endurance to remain faithful, Lord God, over all the things that you've given us to, and that overwhelming victory is ours because we will win. I thank you, Lord God, that we would win in our finances, that we would win in our family, that we would win in the kingdom of God, in every area of our life, that overwhelming victory is ours. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. And before we close to, to, uh, this morning, I just want to give one more invitation. And you can bow your head and close your eyes at this moment. And I just want to give one more invitation. And that's for anybody in the room that, you know, we talked about Ruth won because she was obedient. Maybe you find yourself in a position where you haven't been obedient to the words of God and, the, and to the voice of God, and you hadn't been submitted to God. 
And this word has been messing with you because you realize, man, I'm far away from God. Maybe you're watching online and you realize I'm far away from God. I hadn't been submitted to God. I've been disobedient to God. But I want to get right with God this morning. I want to come back into right relationship with him. And I want to pray with you that feel that way this morning. So with no one looking around in the room, if you say, I want to come in right relationship with God, I want to be obedient to him. I want to be submitted to him and come under his mission for my life. If that's you, no one looking around, I want you to lift your hands in the room. Amen. 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 I see your hands. I see your hands. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. And if you're watching online, you're in the room. I want to ask everyone just to place their hand over their hearts. And I want everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for who you are. I submit to you today. I surrender today. I repent for being disobedient and living my life for myself. I come under your mission for my life today. And I look forward to a glorious future in you. I thank you that victory is mine. And I receive it today by faith. I thank you, Lord, that your son Jesus has come into my heart. And I cherish that gift. And I honor you. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord one last hand clap of praise for those that made a decision to follow the Lord. Amen. That's the greatest decision that you ever make in your life. And if you made that decision to follow the Lord, there's one more thing I want you to do. In the seat back in front of you, uh, there's a card that says, uh, let's connect. Fill that card out. We'd love to connect with you, pray with you throughout the week. Hear what God did in your heart in this moment. If you're watching online right now or later on, drop a comment, message us, let us know that you made a decision. We'd love to follow up with you and pray with you as well. One more time, let's give it up for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Hallelujah. Well, that concludes our So series. So stand, endure, and win. Amen? Amen. Well, we love you guys. We're about to, to give in a moment. If you're watching online and you're prepared to give, uh, there's a couple ways you could do that. You could go to our website at newlifemobile.org. You can give there on our homepage. There's a tab that says Give Online. You can give there. You can download our app. Uh, you can give on our app as well. Or you can go to our Facebook or um, website. There's an address there where you can mail in a check or money order. But let's pray over the offering, and then you guys will be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for the tithe. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that comes in today. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would make it blessed and you would stretch it, Lord God. I thank you that you're meeting all of our needs. We thank you for the tithe that's coming to the storehouse today. I thank you, Lord God, for your provision, for your protection, and your blessing on each and every person and over this house. Bless the people that give today. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'd love to see you this Wednesday, 630 for prayer. You guys have a great, great Sunday. We'll see you next week.